let's pray in the hopes for some more freezing. <laughs> in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. We give you thanks, Heavenly Father, for the gift of this day and uh, for the gift of technology. Lord, we pray that the technology works <laughs> through our whole uh, 20 minutes here together as we continue discussing the virtues. And even more importantly, Lord, we just ask that um, we all live the virtues as best we can so that we can grow in holiness and together inspire saints who inspire saints to build the kingdom of God. And we ask amen. all this in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. And the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So temperance. Uh, a good virtue to talk about in the midst of Lent and that we're all practicing, hopefully we're all practicing temperance and in some way. Um, and, you know, I got to say temperance is probably among the virtues, the one that's used, like the word is just not used often. You know what I mean? Like, I've never had, and people have told me to be more prudent, and not just me, but. No, it's mostly just you. <laughs> but you hear prudence a lot, you hear justice and fortitude or courage, and but temperance probably isn't used. I, I know I personally don't use the word all that often. You talk about fasting, abstinence, um, giving something up, but you don't really hear temperance all that often. You know it, got I mean? that, it got a bad name in this country, the whole temperance movement which just uh, really, you know, it's not temperance if you're just making alcohol illegal. Well, fair enough, fair enough. So what we, I, and that might be something to, to bring up in this time, like the difference between just outlawing or, or throwing something away and then temperately using it. Because I do think because of our Protestant brothers and sisters, Catholics get thrown into this um, uh pilgrim um, not pilgrim puritanical way of life which is obviously not the catholic way <laughs> we are not puritans by any stretch of the imagination um but we also shouldn't be drunkards either you know what i mean right uh, and, and temperance isn't only for alcohol dear listeners um but i, I do i think that's that i think is maybe one of the reasons why honestly i was thinking about it as we were preparing for this conversation just to think about like well, because I had the same thought, you know, that temperance has a bad rap almost, right? It's almost like, oh, temperance, it's, a, it's such a prude. You know, and I think that it, it stems from that historical connection to the, you know, the 18th Amendment and that whole movement that wanted to ban outright alcohol. Um, and somehow that was labeled as temperance, where it's like, no, that's, that is total and complete abstinence enforced by a government. That is yeah. not temperance. <laughs> no. That's something different. Um, but anyway, so that that was my that was all I could think of. Um, but I, I agree. I think that we don't talk about temperance very often. Certainly well, not positively. But you got to find a way to, to be a little more temperate with your, <laughs> with your pointing. Maybe one or there, two. You know, yeah. the Italian in me is not used to being temperate with the hands. Yeah. Uh, this is part of my language. So temperance, what is temperance? Um, the catechism of the Catholic Church right here. Is, uh, there it is. Uh, it is the moral virtue that moderates the attraction of pleasures and provides balance in the use of created goods. Which I, 
Uh, anytime you have a good question, starting with the catechism is awesome. The language they use is so precise, so well thought out, so beautiful. Can't go um, wrong with that. Yeah, I love the idea, right? Like oftentimes temperance, like we're talking, like our initial conversation, alcohol. These are goods, right? Um, God, Jesus at the wedding piece of Canaan didn't turn, he didn't show up me like, what? There's way too much wine here. I'm turning some of this into water, cutting this yeah. out. Or let's make some non-alcoholic grape juice or something, you know. Right, right. He he turned water into wine because it is good. It is, you know, St. Paul exhorts Timothy to drink a little wine every now and then. Um it is not that these things are bad, but used with a sense of intemperance, um, then they can become a bad, right? And that's, so I like the idea that the church focuses on, these are good things, it's a way to moderate and find balance in how we use these good things. Amen, yeah, I mean, it's, and we see that throughout the scriptures that, you know, there's, there's really very little that's outright outlawed i mean in the old law there's you know no pork and and those kinds of things for different dietary reasons but when it comes to the all the things that we can enjoy um it's all about doing it temperately um and in, in moderation all things you know all things in moderation are that's a that's a good thing and, i mean we have to be somewhat careful um but Again, in, in moderation, you know, alcohol is, is a good thing. Something that's been perfected by the church, you know, uh, especially beer and whiskey. Uh, <laughs> you know, like, thank the monks for that. Uh, and You've done all right. You've done all right with wine. You've done all right. And wine with and wine as well. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, you're welcome, world. Gambling. <laughs> I mean, what what Catholic church doesn't have a bingo night or a casino night or? or raffles going on. I mean, the church embraces gambling as a way to both make money and build community. Um, so, I mean, these things, if we overdo them, then yes, they become sinful, but to just enjoy them in moderation and knowing where our limit is, because um, what's moderate to me is not moderate to somebody else. You know, my you know, 90 pound friend, you know, has to drink a little mo more moderately than I do. You know, and so the moderation is different for each of us as to when we stop uh, drinking. Um, but it, you know, that's it, these. It's it's different from just saying these. All these things are bad and and avoid them. Uh, yeah, I love a great great quote from scripture that I found. Proverbs twenty five verses twenty seven and twenty eight says, "To eat too much honey is not good, nor to seek honor after honor." Like an open city with no defenses is the man with no check on his feelings. I'd be I'd be interested to see what that what some of the other translations are for feelings. I feel like yeah. um, this particular translation, I'm like, mm, I, I like, but that's it. That encapsulates this idea of temperance. That is temperance in a nutshell, right? Why we do it. Um, you can't just have a diet of only honey. Uh, your teeth will rot away. You're probably going to get diabetes or something from all the sugars. Um, and then also the same thing, nor to seek honor after honor. It doesn't say that honor is not good, but if that's all that you're going after, you've got a, an imbalance in your kind of approach to life and your your drives. Um, right. Yeah, There's a, go on, go, ahead. go on. Please, after you. I was just going to say that it's temperance is a very important place to weigh 
our moral decisions, right? Like we already talked about prudence, knowing what's right. We talked about fortitude, that courage to, to choose the good. But then there's also, there's got to be a brake pad on it. Not, not to choose the good, but to, to figure out, okay, when have I satisfied this good thing and I'm pushing it too far? Um, and so it's, it's, it's all, they all work together. It's all a partnership, uh, these, these cardinal virtues. Exactly. And the only thing I was going to add was, um, you know, like with the honor example and that beautiful proverb, it, you know, there's, there's a justice involved in, in getting honor for something good that's been accomplished, right? You do a good job, you should be honored or, or congratulated or thanked for the, the good work that you did. But because that's a justice, right? And you should be paid for work that you do and, and those things. Um, but to do it just to be praised, to do it, you know, just for the sake of making money where, where greed comes in, you know, that's the intemperate, imprudent, prideful way, which is not the way of, of the Lord. Right. I think, I think we talked, we kind of circled around through a lot of the different areas in which temperance plays such a major role. Obviously, um, consumption of goods is a very, maybe the easiest way for us to, to talk about temperance, consumption of alcohol, consumption of sweets, consumption of, you know, honey in the Bible or cookies. It could even be something that's not so like consumption of, of steak or something like that, you know, rich foods, whatever it is, this idea of chasing after the pleasure that satisfies some misplaced urge sent to your brain by your stomach that is where temperance can kind of most easily, I think, concretely be grasped. Um, or the, the many different ways in which we get those dopamine hits in our brain of looking at screens and um, exercise and, and then even more you know, sins of the flesh that come into play there that give us those dopamine hits that, that we feel this urge to, to get. Um, yeah, I'll keep sharing. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, as Paul was mentioning, you know, we, um, you know, we, we, we have these very superficial desires, whether they're to eat or to drink um, or to, to receive some type of pleasure. And yeah, if I'm thirsty, I want to drink something. If I'm hungry, I want to eat something. Um, and and that's, that's fine. But if we just allow ourselves to be uh, drawn by our feelings, Oh, Paul just texted me. The dopamine hits. That's another thing to be tempered on. Yeah, I mean, I think, and, and that is reading a lot right now. The internet is created and our phones are created to give us those dopamine hits. And so practicing temperance with your phone and with your just connectivity in general, I think is a really hard thing to do right now in this world. I think maybe it's, it's the most addictive place that we as a society are. I speak for myself, you know, just that, that kind of constant urge to check your phone, even if it's to check the weather or to see if you've got a text or to answer a text immediately. You don't need to answer. 99.9% of texts can just wait. And it's usually, and it draws us away from the moment that we're in, where we're maybe with another human being or doing a job that we're supposed to be focused on and we're pulled away. So finding temperance in your phone and technology, I think is a really huge thing to uh, seek to kind of develop that sense of temperance in that particular kind of 
area of life right now during Lent. If, and, and it's hard. <laughs> I'm not going to say yeah. it's easy. I, you know, so I, I'm, I'm still up, obviously, as you can see, we're doing this on Zoom. I'm still up at Mundelein Seminary for this conference. And um, we've been chatting a lot in the conference about prayer and our spirituality as priests and that. Um, and so there's a, a built-in holy hour that we've done together as priests every day of this conference. And I've been more careful than I usually am uh, about bringing my phone time. And so I've been leaving my phone here in my room while I've gone for the our shared communal holy hour. And even like in the middle of the holy hour, my I'll feel like a vibration on my leg as if my phone were in my pocket and it's nowhere near me. And it's just because I'm, I'm, I get to a point of the holy hour where I'm a little bored and like I'm looking for something to do. And like, I feel like my body is just naturally reacting like to get me to be distracted and like go into my pocket and take out my phone. And it's, it's nowhere near me. <laughs> um, it's just so weird when that happens too. And it's happened a couple of times uh, uh, during this, this conference, uh, during my prayer time. Um, well, that's the yeah, only that's the Holy Spirit sending you a text message. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I was kind of, as I thought, as again, as I was waiting for your computer to come back to work and, you know, there's, I was mentioning that we, ha we can have these like, for lack of a better word, these superficial desires and feelings that, okay, I'm hungry. I want to eat something. I'm thirsty. I want to drink something. I'm bored. I want to fill this, this time gap. Um, and so, yeah, then, then eat or drink something, but the temperance helps us to do it. Um, that's going to help us focus on the good, which is something you mentioned earlier, right? That, okay, I'm hungry, so let me eat until I'm satisfied. Just because I'm hungry now at, at, at lunchtime on a whatever day today, what's today? Wednesday? <laughs> I'm hungry at lunchtime on a Wednesday. Um, then I'm going to go gorge myself out at, you know, at lunch and eat till I'm stuffed, right? It's uh, just because I'm thirsty doesn't mean I just go down a, a bottle of wine, you know, in the middle of the day on a work day um, or any day for that matter. It doesn't matter if I'm working or not. Because I'm a little bored doesn't mean I should just take out my phone and glare at it for hours. You know what? You know, maybe I should read a book. Maybe I should go do my my holy hour, my prayer time. Maybe I should just eat until I'm satisfied and fulfilled instead of just gorging myself. So or even keeps us there. Yeah, even better not eat right then because most of the time when we say oh i'm hungry it's just our body sending us fake messages that we've trained it to tell us that we're hungry no one in this country that's listening to us on a, their fancy phone or on their computer is starving or anywhere close to starving like Very i guarantee true. you that when you first feel like man i'm a little hungry you don't actually need to eat just wait wait an hour and you're going to have dinner and it's going to be delicious and maybe you'll be better able at dinner time to eat that balanced diet that you need instead of being like, I'm hungry, I'm gonna go grab some, some potato chips. Yeah, that might take away your hunger, but it's gonna do bad things for your body. And it's gonna not leave the room that you need later in an hour to eat that good, healthy, balanced dinner. Uh, Aristotle calls lack of temperance a childish fault. Because it makes, <laughs> nice. It makes a person act like a child. You know, it's like when it, you've got a two-year-old, the first pang of hunger that that two-year-old, I'm hungry, I want a snack. The first time, it doesn't, and it doesn't matter, right? It could be in the middle of you having a great conversation. All of a sudden the kid's like, I'm hungry. Like, where did that come from? It's like squirrel, right? From up, <laughs> you know, temperance. Temperance is like, yeah, something moved, but I'm dialed into you right now. 
I'm dialed into this moment right now with another human being, praying with God, reading a book, whatever. I don't need to reach for my phone. And it's it like all of these virtues, they're muscles that have to be worked and stretched and developed. And now we actually look at these virtues and say, okay, how can I be more temperate today? Um, how can I practice this virtue and, and grow in it? it? It takes time and we have to be patient with ourselves because if we're used to doing things very intemperately and very imprudently, well, what can I do? What changes do I need to make to, to start moving in that direction of holiness? Be patient with yourself, dear listener. Be patient. Another place, another area where temperance can really play a major role in making us better, holier people is anger. And it's easy to get, and again, this goes back to that Aristotelian concept that it's a childish fault, the lack of temperance, because when a child, something doesn't go the child's way, what does he do? He throws himself down on the floor, starts wailing and kicking and screaming, maybe punching the thing that he doesn't like, or that's not doing exactly what he wants it to do at that exact moment. And we get like that too as adults, right? You know, when, and, and sometimes it's, it's hard. And that's where, like you said, you know, it takes work and don't beat yourself up if you're not the most patient person in the world, um, slow to anger from the get-go. It takes time, but it's worthy goal to have, right? Like when your, your spouse accuses you of something that maybe you did that she said, oh, or he says, you didn't do this, but you did it. And you're like, well, I'm, you know, you get angry. You feel like you're, you're, you've been insulted. Someone at work, right? Says, oh, my job is so much harder than your job. And you're like, oh, what are you talking about? I do a lot of work too. Or whatever, your kid sasses you back. A, a friend, you know, says something mean to you. A driver cuts you off. Now, these are easy ways. Naturally, we want to, we get angry. And a child would throw a fit. And, but an adult, that's, our, that's the job of us to become adults, to become the humans that God created us to be, is to have that temperate response where we're slow to anger. And um, just like God, right? That's God-like. Amen. Because so, in all those situations you mentioned, when we act like children, which, and children are, because they, they, they're, they're learning, children are extremely self-centered. <laughs> Their life is always revolving around them because they're, they're not learning yet how to think of others. And so, yeah, in all those situations you, you brought up, in the, 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 the humanness that's from original sin wants to focus on me. I've been hurt. I've been harmed. I've been accused. I, you know, me, me, me. And it, we need to learn to look at, at the we and the us and the bigger, the bigger picture, you know, whether it's a fight with a spouse or with your child or with a total stranger out in, out in public, you know, how can, how are we all called to love each other better and to build up the body of Christ? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Temperance is so directly tied to pride. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Um, because it's all about chipping away at our kind of fallen nature, which is all about our own self-interest and self-gratification, and building a new orientation towards self-denial. And that's like just like you said, like putting others first. Um, looking with love at somebody who did something wrong to you, who, who legitimately wronged you, right? Mm -hmm. um, that's a hard thing to do, but it takes temperance to not lose your temper because how often, I mean, I think of myself, right? Like sometimes I get so mad when tools don't work mm. and I'll, I like smash and I've done it before where I get mad and I smash it and then I hurt my hand. 
Right. <laughs> I hurt my hand because I, I like, I whack my head on a low beam and I'm like, oh, what are you doing there? And I'll whack it with my hand. I'm like, no, my hand hurts too. Yeah, I'm right. Like, you know, like, what a childish reaction. Not, the beam is just there. It didn't yeah. intentionally do anything to me. This is an inanimate object. Maybe I need to turn a little more inward reflection on myself and look around and get to know my surroundings right. and environment. We're <laughs> wading through a low, low ceiling basement. Um, anyway, it's just anger and, and kind of that self-centeredness and that self-pity uh, is really checked by this virtue of temperance. Yeah, amen. Well, that uh, pretty much is all of our time today. We will be back in studio, back in the rectory for our next podcast. Uh, oh my goodness. I'll return from this uh, conference and we'll be together again. And hopefully without uh, signals dropping and coming in and all sorts of weird things. Yes. And maybe the pounding of the, the new bathroom going in downstairs will be. Oh, yeah. You guys can, you, can, you can hear that. Oh, it's, it's not too bad. It sounds like a drum in the background. <laughs> Oh, yeah, so it's, yeah, it's not but a. It, uh, it worked out well with your uh, your analogy or your example of you know I'm not going to focus on these other distractions. I'm going to focus on what I'm doing here and now. So it was that was good, <laughs> which made me not want to bring it up while you were talking. And so I was like, okay, yeah, we won't be distracted by it. We'll just you know continue on. <laughs> a little bit of temperance there. All right. But for those who are parishioners, someday soon you'll have a be brand beautiful new bathroom down in the rectory hall to use, and in our oh, new yeah. rectory hall now that it's all going to get fixed up after the flood and. It's gonna look nice, uh, dear parishioners. And and we'll have a new studio eventually too. Yes, praise. I'm knocking on. I no. I'll knock on the wood door behind me later. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, you just knocked on your head. What are you? I saying? did. Well, you know. <laughs> All right, folks. I'm Father Dominic. I'm Paul Eric. This is Ed Talks, where we hope to inspire saints to inspire saints to build the kingdom of God.